Good morning, everyone. We're back. This is the very last Sunday of the month of August. Hard to believe we're going to be in September by next week, just in a couple of days. And uh, we're already starting to see some of you coming back. Uh, we had a bigger group last week than I think we did the week before, probably by about 20 people. We're excited. The numbers are going way down now in our county, and we're still doing the social distancing, and we're still wearing our masks to our seats, and, and we sing with the mask on. Otherwise, you can, you can take those masks off. But we're excited. We're excited about just being back as a church and seeing more and more of one another. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Last week, we saw Jesus has begun his earthly ministry, and he began to teach about the kingdom of heaven. He says, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. And he began calling these followers, and, and, he, and he's healing people, and they're following him. And they come to this great mountain, and it's there that Jesus gives the core teachings of the kingdom of God. And he opened with that, these series of blessings that we looked at last week. But this week, it's all about these two powerful metaphors, salt and light. I want to go ahead and read to you our text for this morning. It comes in Matthew chapter 5 beginning in verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all that is in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Jesus' disciples, his followers, are to go and be salt and light in the world. It is the very world that Jesus had just told them that's going to persecute them, that's going to revile them, that's going to say all kinds of things falsely against them. Salt and light, these, this has to do with our influence and our visibility. Who are the crowds? We talked about this last week, and I really believe the crowds he's talking of, of those who are following him as it ends chapter 4. These are the poor, the destitute. These are people who were handicapped and were sick. These are the blue-collar workers, people who were considered unimportant, people who were ignored. And Jesus says to them, he says, you are to be seen. You are to have an effect, a real presence in our world. And so how much more for those uh, of you out there and, and even myself and being in a place where we have a certain amount of influence, that, that people do listen to us on certain things, that, that, we, that we are able to, um, you know, for people uh, to listen to us in one way or another. This is a community address that Jesus gives. He says, you are, or as we say in Alabama, y'all, y'all are salt and light of the earth. 
It's not an individual thing. And he says, this is who you are. He's not saying this is what you're to become. He doesn't say that's even what you're to strive to be. He says, this is who you are now. It isn't something that we imitate. It's something that out of the work of the Spirit of God who's now come and and in us, that we continue to be this influence and to be this visible presence of Christ out in our world. Many wonder, I think at times, you know, well, what, what am I supposed to be in Christ? And really the better question should be, you know, is learning how to be what we already are because we are these things. He says, you are those things now. Unfortunately, we can look at the world and, um, and, and rather than being salt and light to the world, we are something else. Or we look at the world um, or look at Christ through the lens of the world rather than looking at the world through the lens of Christ. And we have to ask ourselves, how are we doing with this influence and this visibility that we are to have in our world? How are we doing since the time of the pandemic? How are we doing in this time of racial tension? How are we doing in this time of, of so much political fighting? You know, do, do we sound like Jesus or do we sound like the world? Have we used our influence for salt as salt or, or have we used it by going and rubbing salt into the the wounds of the world already? Have we been a light that is shining in the darkness of our world or are we more like a spotlight on anyone who disagrees with us? And we have to ask ourselves, who am I? So I want us to take a closer look at these metaphors of what he says. If you are a follower, a disciple of Jesus, this is who you are. And the first thing is salt, our influence. Salt was mainly used as a preservative in the ancient times. They didn't have refrigeration, and so they would take salt and they would rub it on meat and fish in order to keep it from decay, or at least to decay slower. And here we are as Christians, we are to go out and we are to tell the world about Jesus who has overcome sin and death. And, and we become a, 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 a preservative. God, it, it, it allows us to be a preservative to the world. And it's not that we preserve it for what is good, but we give people a glimpse of Jesus. We give them a glimpse of what is to come. This is how we purify a corrupt world. Christians talk a lot about, about the moral decline of our nation, and it is disheartening when we see the things that have happened, even just how rapidly things have happened over the last six months. Human life has been reduced to merely how I feel about things, or character and integrity is no longer important in maybe the most important institutions of the world attacking people who disagree with, uh, with someone uh, who, who doesn't think the same way. That's just the norm. Uh, violence and chaos and anarchy, it's, it's become embraced. 
And for some people, they feel like, you know what, socialism, that's the cure, or, or capitalism, or maybe it's nationalism, maybe it's liberalism, or conservatism, or individualism, or whatever other ism that you can think of. And those things can have an element of goodness, which is what attracts us to it in the beginning. But all of those things, they fail. It's wonderful when we see a moral law that, that saves human life or a law that would discourage corrupt and, and evil behavior. But those things do not change a corrupt heart. The kingdom of God is the answer for our country's greatest problems. And I believe most people would give a loud amen unless I asked them if they shared Jesus as much as they do a, a political post or if they put more trust in the election than they do the elect of God. Or have we put as much into advocating more moral law than we do the perfect law of liberty? Do we hunger and thirst for violence against those who are anarchists as much as we hunger and thirst for righteousness and being peacemakers to people that we encounter every day of our lives? Worldly kingdoms call for better leaders. The kingdom of God calls for more salt. Society calls for better laws. Jesus calls for more salt. Our world calls for a better economy and the kingdom calls for salt. While evil people of the world want to give us hell, we want to give them heaven. Jesus says we are salt, but do we know who we are? Have we come into that realization? Churches die because we lose sight of our priority, of our identity. We die when we disassociate ourselves with the world and we try to hide from the world rather than being an influence on the world. Our worship, our worship together as, as we are in our auditorium this morning, it is a time to recharge and to refresh from the corruption of the world that is around us that we have to live in every single day. And we, we come together and we share the bread and the cup of Christ. It's a time that we encourage each other and love one another and bear one another's burdens. We should be together at other times, not just once a week, but other times that we can come together and we can share and we can pray that we will stay salty. Jesus says, if God's people are not using their influence for good, then they're useless and they're to be tossed out and trampled underfoot. This last week, I would say the most or the main voice of Christian morality and politics were caught, was caught in another scandal. The president of the largest Christian university, an evangelical university, at least until he resigned. 
and I'm not going to give you the details of those allegations or the other scandals that have come along the line. I, I'm, it's, I'm, this is not political. This is not a self-righteous rant because we all sin and fall short of God's glory, but it's, it's the response to it. It's the excuses. It is the continual scandals one over another and his salt is useless. He has been thrown out and he is being trampled underfoot by our very culture and society. And that university uh, and the good people who are there, they, they now, their mission is tarnished. And all of us who, who give testimony of Jesus Christ, we're thrown in there. We become bashed because his salt is no longer salty. But thank God for those who have come in our world and, and they have shown us and, and have been this great salt in the world. People like William Tyndale and Alexander Campbell and, and Barton W. Stone, David Lipscomb and, and James Harding, uh, um, Frederick Douglass and Fred Gray, Harriet Tubman, people like Corey Ten Boom and Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Mother Teresa, and, and we could give others that some of you may even think about a Christian example that has, has been about sharing Jesus in some way or another to bring that influence that is out there. And I know we have some in this church because sometimes I'm out in the community ever since I've been here. And you mention someone, they'll say, you know what? That person helped me. You know what? That is a godly person. And you know that their salt is known, not just as a nice person, but they're known as someone who, who loves Christ. You can also find those who have an opposite effect. And then there are those that we'll never know. And, and, but they're, they're being salt to people in, and an influence to people in their world. But God knows their names. But he says we're to be salt. The other thing is light. This is our visibility. This is not a light that is on the inside. This is a light that he says to be outward. We have been set on a hill, exalted to shine the light of God. And it's not our light. Uh, we are simply a reflection of Jesus. Jesus is the light of the world, but we are only as bright as Jesus is shining in our lives. But we must be prepared that when we share God's light out into our world, it's going to have different results. Some people, that light is going to see, they're going to see the beauty of Jesus and, and the goodness and, and, and just be absolutely amazed at what Jesus has done. And then there are those that as they look at the light that is being shown on them, they don't like what they see. And they're going to turn against it and they're going to turn against us. Jesus said, blessed are you when you're persecuted for righteousness, when they revile you and they speak against you falsely. We must, though, come out of hiding. And we must be honest about the truth of Christ, that we have been set on a hill to shine his light. We cannot be put under a basket 
light reveals the king. And that's not popular in our world because we want to be our own kings. But people must know that there's coming a day when at the name of Christ, everyone will bow in heaven, on earth, and even under the earth. They will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Do we live in a way that invites others to come out of darkness and into the light of Jesus? Or are we afraid of the offensive and exclusive claims of the kingdom of God? And yet in its exclusive claims, we have this all-inclusive element because it opens up the vastness of God's love and goodness for all humanity. Our light is about giving attention to God, not us. We're to let our light so shine and do these good deeds to glorify the Father who is in heaven. We want people to come out and say, what a great God this is. What a great Savior. Even what a great group of assembly of people who love each other and who love Jesus. What we're not interested in is, wow, look how great your preacher is. Or look what a nice group of people they are. Or what a great program that is. We want people to see Jesus and the kingdom. I've heard ministers and elders and others, I've read articles, churches are very concerned about what's going to happen after the pandemic? What's going to happen when things finally settle down? Will will people come back to churches? And some are already coming back and some may not. And And you sit there and you wonder, well, why? Why would they not? I mean, do they not love the people within their assemblies? Do, do, they not, do they not understand that Jesus has put us together as a people, that we come together and we, we exalt him and we serve him together as a community? But I really think it comes down to this salt and light. Because for some, church became nothing more than a duty that it just checked off each week. Or it became something that was supposed to meet my criteria, my needs, and if it didn't, then well. Or it became a weekly ritual rather than a daily life. And so when this, as our culture has termed it, new norm has come around, then it's just a new ritual. We've got to be salt and light. The communal worship of the kingdom of God is the gathering of those who hunger and thirst to see righteousness in our world. And they mourn over its tragedies, its evil and its broken relationships. It is for those who have shown mercy and they need mercy. It is for believers whose greatest goal in life is to see and know God those who weary from trying to be a peacemaker in a hostile and violent world, those who are persecuted for being salty and glowing in the darkest corners of society. We have come together this morning 
as a body of people. And we hope that if you're watching this and you're thinking about coming back, we hope that you'll come back too because we come back together so we can rejoice and be glad because no matter what happens out in our world, we know that the kingdom of heaven is ours. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for being the light in our own lives. We thank you, Father, for the sacrifice that you made to bring us together as your people, to come together and to worship you and, and to help us to recharge and refresh as we get ready to go back out into our world tomorrow, as we continue on when, with the corruption and the decay that happens every single, every single moment of, of this life in this world. But Father, we thank you that you love us. We rejoice and we're glad and we're thankful that you give us each other. And we thank you, Father, for the promise of your coming kingdom. And Father, we say to you, send your son. Lord, come quickly. Until that time, Father, just continue to strengthen us. Help us, Father, continue to be the light and the salt and the influence and the visibility for you, for your son, we pray, Father, for your spirit just to continue to help us to grow in who we are as salt and light. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.